0: Are we good? Are we recording now? Yeah, I'm doing a recording. Is this the actual go-around for it? Yes, we're good. Okay.
1: Whenever you're ready. <clears throat> uh, me, 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 me. <sighs> oh, my God. She's <clears> Somebody <throat> All right.
0: <clears throat> give it a second. I'll give it count of three, then we'll start. Do-do-do. Do-do-do.
1: Is your phone's volume off? Yes. Feel like that was you turning it down right when I said that type of thing? No. All right. Since the last time we
0: talked, we witnessed a hype train derailment, a legend fall to his second leg injury, and early stoppage in a championship fight. Also, there was a woman named Jessica that planted some roses. It's a good one. I figured you like that one. You want to pause it and pull up everything?
1: No, you're good. I'll, I'll be touching as we go. You want to pull it up, though? I already have one browser open with the cards right. on it. All right. Bring us in. What is going on, guys? Today, we are coming at you after a heck of a weekend, man. We had UFC 237 and Bellator 221, I believe, and both cards did not disappoint. Uh, we saw a title fight. In UFC with the disappointment. Uh, personally, for me, it was a disappointment. Don't know how Jacob feels about that one. Which one? Uh, The title fight. The end. No, I I, I
0: kind of... I was hoping Jessica would get it. Huh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, if, if I had my money, I would have put it on her. Go again to the pay-per-view. I would have put my money on her for a different reason other than her being better. Fair enough. Um, we've got to see Anderson Silva suffer uh, another fatal leg injury. Fatal. Fatal. Guys, this probably killed his career.
0: I think this is over for him. I don't think he'll come back for it. He's he's, he's up there in age. I at this think, point, I don't yeah, think I think he needs back. to
1: be done. But that's personal opinion aside. Bellator had a controversial ending to the scheduled main event, at least in our eyes. Early stoppage. Yeah, I had it. Very early. <laughs> I haven't seen anything negative on He was going for a single leg. All right, TJ, calm down. Um, Stipe tapped. <laughs> Stipe didn't tap. God, that is some shit.
0: Have you seen the new one with Jessica tap on Twitter now? <laughs> no. So there's somebody went back and rewatched the fight. And there's a point where, in the fight where she picks her up the first time. You can see her arm. It looks like she's trying to reach over to maybe lock the other arm. But you can see her kind of. Like bush brush up against uh, Rose's leg. And it looks like a tap. But it's not really a tap. I mean.
1: And we also got to see a hype train get massively derailed in one of the worst train derailments of all times. I say worst because for him. Not for me.
0: Try that one again. I don't like the way that one worded.
1: And we got to see the phenom derail the hype train that is MVP. Better. All right, so let's start out with the opening fight. If you missed any of the early prelims, which a lot of people don't get to catch that, but if you didn't watch any of the early prelims, the UFC card started out with a woman's KO. And I'm not even going to lie, I don't remember those ladies' names, but that was a good way to start a UFC event in Brazil, in my opinion. Uh I remember walking away from the TV for a minute, grabbing a drink, coming back, and they were already celebrating. I was like, "Whoa, what happened?" Yeah, it was over fairly quickly. Um, I like watching knockouts. I think everybody in combat sports loves watching knockouts, but when it happens to a woman from another woman, it's not like some weird, you know, viral video of some dude just randomly smacking a chick. It's it's even worse because women, in most people's opinions, don't have that knockout power, but here lately, we've been seeing more and more of them, and I'm starting to get to the point that I'm enjoying it, even though I, I'm... I I don't know, something about me says I really shouldn't enjoy watching a woman get knocked so out. What you're saying is
0: you're for domestic
1: abuse? No, no, not for domestic abuse. Okay. Woman-on-woman abuse is one thing, but domestic abuse... Okay, I just
0: wanted to get it right.
1: Yeah, I'm... I'm yeah, no, never advocating for that. <laughs> don't even try. <laughs> but, so man... That, it, that being said
0: the the first fight of the card was a great way to start off the night cuz it came on that was the earliest one cuz Bellator didn't start till a little later Bellator was a shorter card right so that was a good way to start off the night knowing that we're heading into a whole night of MMA fights the first one being a knockout it's a good omen towards the rest of the card normally going forward we, you know we we stayed on the UFC most of the night we did have both uh, the computer going And uh, the TV going, we had the UFC on one and Bellator on the other. So we were dodging back and forth, going from one screen when that fight was on to the other screen and back and forth, which was fun. A little bit of a neck workout, but it was okay. Going forward from there, you had another classic fight, I should say. As far as classic, I mean, these two guys were very old in comparison to the rest of the card. Clay Guida and BJ Penn. Uh, This went exactly as I planned. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there was no nothing new to it I did find it interesting that BJ managed to make it to decision at this point it's a lot better than his last couple fights where it was a quick finish after a quick finish um, he did show a lot of promise he did show a lot of experience especially with his jab but he did slow down Clay, Clay Guida took advantage of that especially towards the later rounds uh, I think everybody kind of knew this was happening at this point, you know, even though that I love to to watch him fight, I love to watch him go through his career. Uh, Pin is basically he's is done at this point. He's he might fight a couple more times if he wants, but it's kind of over at this point. I, he's not somebody that I'm gonna put money on if I see him on the card, but he is a guy that I'm like, you know, if he's in the octagon, I'm rooting for you, bro. <laughs> I'm giving you all the props I can give you, but I'm not putting in any like true, like effort to really hope he wins at this point. And then, uh, what was the the next big highlight on the UFC?
1: Uh, Warley Alves knocked out Sergio Moraes, I believe.
0: Now what's the the big ones, the big
1: fights? Oh, um... was it
0: Jose? Jose lost, right? Yeah,
1: but you want to go before that, Betch Goea coming back and getting stopped by a submission armbar. That was all right. All right. Well, that we can just go with the...
0: I mean, bet, we can do the Betch one if you want and comment on like the how badly that arm bar was because it was very slick. Right, go ahead. If you want to do that. Go ahead. It was a catchweight fight, by the way. Go going ahead. forward, you did have uh, the next... Going forward, the next big highlight of the night was uh, Betch Goea fighting... Irene Aldana. Going forward, you did have the next big highlight, which was Betchkoev fighting Irene Dalhana. Aldana. Aldana. Yep. Aldana. See. I'm horrible in names, but it was actually a pretty good fight between the two. Uh, Aldana did manage to pull out an armbar towards the end of the fight. That's how it. That's how it finished. And it was in
1: there pretty securely because it looked nasty. That armbar looked nasty. You can see. Nasty. You can see it hyperextend at the elbow a little bit to the it, point. It certainly looked like that the initial camera view that they didn't ever show again.
0: Yeah. Thanks ESPN for not showing it. Uh but the the original camera view you could definitely see the uh hyper extension of it a little bit. And I I know for sure it was because afterwards uh when they went to hold up the the arms, she wouldn't let the referee basically move her arm at all. So Betch definitely hurt her arm at that one point. Yeah. It's a good it, thing she tapped and tapped quickly. Yes. Uh but that was that was a good that was a slick submission on her part. Um, that was something that was actually pretty interesting and pretty pretty good to break up the monotony in the middle of the uh, the card. And then uh, we had who else? Who was the next one? Uh,
1: there was a fight in between her and Jose Aldo's fight with Alex. Unless you just want to skip that fight.
0: Which one, which one was that one?
1: That was the Thiago Alves, reno Staropoli. Oh, that one didn't
0: do nothing for the rankings. Yeah, though.
1: no so Jose and Alex
0: so going forward from there we started the main card really that was the
1: uh well Cohea, and Irene started the main card oh was that the start of the main card yeah the I next that was one, in the last of the prelims no 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 they were the the first one on the main card okay and then uh after that you had Star Staropoli Staropoli I don't remember how they say his name and Diego Alvarez which went to a decision I mean it was a good fight all around but there was nothing really impressive from either one of these guys going there so the The next fight, which was really the one that everybody really got started getting amped up for, was the uh, Alex Volkanovski versus Jose Aldo, the King of Rio. That was a really good fight. It went to decision. We got to see 15 minutes of dudes just duking it out. It was a great fight. Loved it. And it shows you
0: exactly where Alex is and exactly where Jose is now. It's like the, the trading of the gauntlet, if you will, or... Or what's the saying? Changing the guard. Changing the guard. Is that a better one? Yeah. Changing the full guard. Let's go with that. That's more MMA oriented. So we can say that. It's the changing the full guard essentially. Uh, Alex wins. He goes up to the number one slot. Uh, Interesting part is I recently read that while after the fight he uh, had or on the flight home they had to make an emergency stop in uh, I can't remember which country but they had to make an emergency stop because he has a blood infection and he's in the hospital currently because of the blood infection.
1: Yeah, I saw that too on the Twitter feeds. Didn't get a chance to read the article yet, but I will be delving into that lately cuz Alex is a guy I'm following right now. His career is he's been getting so much better from fight to fight and it really shows in his uh, Aldo fight because he outworked Aldo. Of all people, he just worked he outworked Aldo, which is very rare. I mean, Aldo usually goes in there I mean, only other person I've ever seen really outwork him and outpace him was Holloway, and Holloway just one upped him the whole way. He outstruck him, it was more accurate, had more unfitness punches, but Alex did pretty much the same way. He did pretty much the same thing. He outworked him, he outstruck him, he got cleaner shots, he got um more kicks in, I think all around, dude. He was just putting in volume, punches and bunches, and it was while none of it was devastating, it definitely took its toll on Aldo. And by the end of the fight, judges did it, which is weird because it was in Brazil and they gave it to Alex. I did not expect that. Well, it shows you how uh, dominant Alex was towards the end. Yeah, he really had to be. Although Brazil has gotten a lot better at not cooking the books so much, but they still do it all the time. Yeah, they do. Me and Jacob have personal bets all the time, but we do not bet on any card in Brazil.
0: Yeah, it's just something we've done since we both started watching... UFC, I, I told him about how the, the Brazilians tend to, to lean towards a certain way as far as the judging goes, and uh, it's kind of true.
1: And we can't really say anything just about Brazil because, you know, Hindo won that fight. Yeah.
0: London's a little uh, fucked up, too. <laughs> but uh, going forward from there, uh, with the news of Alex's blood infection kind of plays forward or... With the news of Alex's blood infection um that kind of puts in perspective the recent announcements that we'll get to later on uh with the title fights Uh, i'll explain that but it was a good fight going going forward from there we did have the uh tragic incident with anderson silva uh which i don't no one could have predicted this happening but it was stopped. Was it second round? First round. First round. Four
1: minutes forty-seven seconds.
0: It's almost the second round. It was pretty yeah. close to it. It was
1: getting close to the end. Uh,
0: with a leg kick, and it hit hit him right on the knee, and he just fell,
1: uh, right there. He literally got hit, and you can hear him. It's not like a blood curdling scream, but above the crowd, you can hear him yell, and he falls back on his back, and then Kenanier does what he's supposed to do, is pursue, and he goes down there and. Silva tries to defend it and he puts on a tough face for a little bit, but um good thing the ref stopped it when he did because Anderson could barely walk and barely get up. I imagine I haven't seen any report on what it was though yet. I haven't looked. I imagine it's probably an
0: ACL or a uh, was it M C L, the other one that's in there in the knee. I uh, Because cool the way number. he hit it, like on the side, it would be right around that muscle.
1: Well, it could be a stinger. It could be a stinger it's because possible. O'Malley, Sean O'Malley had the same thing and it was just a stinger. We don't know yet, but Anderson's already broke his leg one time. He's had knee problems before. And then Kenny Neer actually did what he was supposed to do, man. He, he was kicking his leg. So, you know, it could be, he could have been perfectly fine. Had Kenny Neer never hit that leg or he could have suffered an injury sometime in camp. We just don't know yet. And now that, Cannoneer hit him in the leg. Everything happens the way it happens, and then the crowd just unloads booze—not booze, like the drinking booze, but B O O. Boom! The Brazilians for you, yeah. They I, just I get unload it. on the cannoneer who's just like, "Really, man? I, that's not my fault. His leg jacked up." You know? Yeah. I get it. That's their guy. Anderson Silva is one of the biggest legends of the sport right now, and I understand it. But man, that is so unsportsmanlike. And to be a fan of the sport, you, you can't really boo them unless it's something Greg Hardy ish where they you know knee a down opponent intentionally well, or the,
0: the interesting part about Brazil that I've noticed you know it's they're very passionate people down there you know they're they're for their country if if you're Brazilian you're automatically the favorite down there yeah uh, which you know happens really in any type of any country but generally speaking if you go down there and you dominate somebody from Brazil. Unless you decapitate them in the ring, unless you walk in there and you beat the living shit out of them, there's no way to turn that crowd in your favor. They're gonna boo you, they're gonna chant uh, he's gonna kill you or you're gonna die. They're gonna it's gonna happen. And if you were to go in there and you were to beat uh, Anderson Silva in Brazil, then you're gonna have a problem leaving there. That's why if you read the interviews or you listen to the interviews with Chel Sonnen, and he talks about when he was down there, and how the people didn't get the fact that he was selling the fights, that he was sell- selling the fact that the Brazilian that he's fighting is the hero of the story, he's me and the bad guy, as he says. They didn't get that. They were, they were all passionate, like, oh, this is my country, you can't talk shit about my country, blah, blah, blah. They don't seem to understand that part about it. And on top of that, I mean, as I said before, you you would have to show them uh, pretty much everything you have and nominate their guy to the point where you turn that crowd, and that's damn near impossible, especially down in Brazil. I don't think I've ever really seen it done with the exception of – I can't even think about anybody right now. Maybe Rose had the crowd going for her for a little bit in the first round going forward, but that was about it.
1: Well, I also think that Rose was being very dominant. Yeah, in her round, so they might have just supported the dominant fighter.
0: It might have been that. By that
1: time there's a lot of alcohol.
0: Yeah. A lot it, of alcohol well, like you but you would have to you would have to severely dominate the Brazilian fighter for the Brazilians to cheer you, especially as an American. Yeah. That really hasn't happened.
1: And that'll bring us into the next fight, the title fight, the Woman's what was the straw Yeah. The women's uh straw weight title fight, Rose Dominunes versus Jessica Andraj. Ends up for me kind of a disappointment because it was going the way I thought it was gonna go in the first round. And even up until the um the KO slam in the in the second round, up to that point it was going the way I thought it was gonna go. Rose lacks the power that Andraj has because Andraj just cuts a lot of weight. to Get down there. But Rose was piecing her up and getting out of there. She was taking a few shots, but she was a hell of a lot more accurate. She cut her above her eyelid already in the first round. She, she had uh, Andrade coming forward with her chin out, hands up, just open chest, man. She was just letting them. Oh, man. it was, I was like, all right, Rose is putting on a really good striking class right now. Everybody needs to take note. And then Jessica grabs her. And to prevent a slam, she attempts an uh, armbar or a Kimura or some type of lock. Kimura. She go, starts going for a submission, so Andraj hoists her up in the air, slams her down on her head and shoulder, mostly on her head, knocks her out, and get, walks off into the sunset with the belt, but it's one of the nastiest KO slams I've seen in a long time. It was almost... A spike, but because of positioning and the fact that it was defense, you know, it was a it was a completely legal move. But wow, yeah, wow, it was, it was really fun to watch that. I mean, it, I, it sucks for Rose, of course, but that was that's one of those things where you're looking at it and you really start appreciating the wrestling and the grappling aspect of the game when that happens. And I don't like Derek Brunson, but his slam last week was pretty good. Yeah, like he got full elevation and came down on Elias same way and Raj did here but hers was more of a like, hers was a different type right? her, yeah hers was more of like i'm lifting you and i'm dropping you and it was also like a different
0: position for her it felt
1: very dc-ish it was it felt it was very, very dc-ish um,
0: you can really tell the wrestling aspect that andrage has is completely different than what rose would normally drill i imagine rose does drill wrestling at some some extent but I imagine it's completely different than what Jessica was, just because that hold that she had, the high crotch uh, takedown that she did, is not really used in MMA that much, except for like really advanced wrestlers. DC does it. DC did it, I think, three or four times so far that like, I can remember. I know Pittsburgh he did got it. got him
1: that Gustafson slam. He
0: did it with Gustafson. He did it with Henderson at one point. Did uh, he get
1: that with Rumble?
0: I don't. I don't think he did it with Rumble. But it's a. It's a very interesting slam because it's, it it really works in your favor if you're a uh, bigger opponent than a smaller one because it's all about lifting the weight especially close to you and lifting it above your waist before you drill it into the ground. Uh, but it does show the difference in wrestling between the two. I did think I did think the first round would go exactly the way it did just because Jessica came down on weight and Rose. That's her weight class. That's what she does, and she was—I knew she was fast, and I knew she was getting better at it. The last time she fought, I didn't think she would be as accurate as she was, especially with the jabs, which she must have been working on that for a whole year uh, since her last fight, just throwing those jabs because she cut Jessica within the first like minute.
1: Less than a uh, I minute. think it was after the, the midway point of the first round. Cause it no, was, no, it was, it was fast. A, it was a flush jab just perfectly on the eye, man. It, it
0: was very fast. It was like less than a minute in the fight. She, she got her cut open, and uh, you know that was really impressive. But I did think, I thought it would go a little bit different. I thought Jessica would come in, uh, push her towards the cage, and uh, try to wrestle her because she's a little bit bigger. she, she can pro- She can move a little bit better on the ground. Rose is a little more slick, especially off her back. But I, th- I was thinking Jessica would be able to hold her down and keep her down. Uh, I didn't. I don't think anybody anticipated a slam like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Andrade even said no, she doesn't drill that. That was just a yeah. I gotta get out of this. It was very uh, much submission a, attempt type of thing.
0: It was very much like, like a, just
1: worked out in her favor.
0: It was very much like as soon as you see her slip out the back like that and uh, grab her like she did. You're like, okay, that's just basically, that's something that she drilled once or twice, you know? Like, oh, this is a long shot type deal. You know, this is the uh, Hail Mary pass that, that maybe I might be able to do this. And it worked out. All right, that, that's the, uh, the slam equivalent of like Dan Henderson when he fought Hector Lombard. he <laughs> threw the single leg kick or high kick that he's ever thrown in a fight. <laughs>
1: he just happened to connect, not.
0: It's, it's sort of the same deal. It's, it's the Hail Mary pass. And it just happened to work. Man. Um, it was. It's just interesting that, that that out of all everything that could have happened, because she could have grabbed her by the back and forced her up against the cage. She could have did uh, like a like a suplex. Well, she could have did many things, but she decided to go for that that high crotch takedown, which is amazing. And on top of that, you can tell Rose's lack of drilling it just because of the way she came down. If you notice, like in the Dan Henderson fight with DC and Dan Henderson, when DC did that to Dan Henderson as he was coming down he rotated to yeah. land on his back. As right. Gustafson was coming down from the same thing, he rotated. It's this like wrestling base that uh, I imagine in, in wrestling a lot more, when you're getting thrown around, generally in wrestling, you would get thrown around unless you're doing like judo. You tend to over-rotate. You're not trying to land on your shoulders. You're trying to land on your back. Because if you land on your shoulders, you're trying to get pinned. That's something that you don't see in most of the other sports. Because you're not worried about the pin. Right. So it shows the lack of uh, experience with that. And maybe it's not really, I wouldn't say experience, but it's the lack of uh, drilling. Because it would just be, you know, kind of ingrained in you at that point. If Especially if you did, like, I imagine if anybody at Team Alpha Male, which they wrestle every day, gets put in that position and thrown like that, they'd probably rotate through it. Whereas if you took, like, uh, Verdum, who's a jujitsu guy and you put him in that position, he might try to land on his back or maybe not even roll through it. You know, it's just this little difference.
1: dog I've already here we go ready yeah Yeah, watching that fight was, uh, was a good cap off for the night because between turning my head to watch at the UFC's events and the Bellator events, it was all right, man. I am just tired. There's so much action happening. And then while the, I want to say it was just before the Aldo fight came on because I watched the last three straight through. Yeah, it was the, the end of the, it was probably the midpoint of the Aldo fight is when the uh,
0: Bellator. Main events came on, if I had to say.
1: No, it was at the. We got to watch the last three fights straight through, unabated. So I want to say around the time that. Yeah, no. Betch Kohea, because we weren't even watching them at that point. We were watching the Lima and. Oh, it, well, it, anyway, the the big fights were on during the Aldo and Anderson fights.
0: Yeah? No, they were.
1: Yeah? They were ending right there, because we're like, all right, let's turn and watch Anderson now. Either way, man.
0: (laughs) I got the one.
1: Yeah, the Bellator was on while we were watching the UFC. Would you like to talk about Bellator now? I want to talk about that hype hype train getting derailed. I want to talk about the uh, hype train that got derailed by the Phenom. Undertaker? No, no, no. The other Phenom. Douglas Lima. Douglas Lima? Uh, The the Phenom? that guy okay. you want to talk about him yeah we can talk about can we just talk about how boring that first round was very oh man but it happened exactly like we thought it would mm-hmm. mvp goes out there and he does his you know wild style trying to be dynamic and entertaining while he's out there fighting and lima just comes out there and he's just okay Let's see what's gonna happen. He takes his time. He's calm. You can tell he's a veteran. He's a two time champ. The way he's approaching this fight, he's walking towards him, and then MVP does something he doesn't really ever do. He rushes forward really hard, but he lands right into his arms. Like he would just ask him for a hug. And Lima threw him to the ground, and the rest of the match was basically Lima being calm and composed, I, I, trying I to it was like three trying minutes. to get yeah, it was Lima on top the whole time, trying to get his arms in position just to do some ground and pound. So he's using less energy, but MVP is using up a lot of energy trying to control his wrist, which he does a good job. I can't not deny that. I did a he, very good job. He made sure Lima would not hit him. Lima only got in a few good hits during that whole scuffle on the ground. And you can look at Lima's face the whole time. He's just, you can tell he's just kind of breathing in and trying to take it in. Like mm, maybe if I move here, maybe he's being very analytical when you look at his face. And then the second round happens. And they come out, and there's MVP doing what MVP does, being dynamic. He's attempting he, to because it's he's, not really successful. He's got successful. this huge open stance, and Lima just puts his arms up. Classic classic boxer stance, just kind of walks forward, and they get into a small exchange, and MVP hits him. It looks like towards the top of the head or maybe behind the ear a little, which put Lima off balance a little. It made him back up a few steps, but when he backed up a few steps... MVP thought he heard him, in which he didn't have, he didn't really have.
0: <laughs> it's not the fucking dog. <laughs> Hold on, I'll start mowing the lawn here in a minute. It's fucking seven o'clock. Meow. <laughs> been nine hours. Hello and call. UFC two thirty six Anderson Silva sustains no serious damage in like TKO. No. What it says?
1: That was a fucking finger. It's
0: possible. That's what a bloody elbow, uh, reported.
1: That's what I think it is. Cause same thing happened to Sean O'Malley. Fucking got kicked. No, he tore him. something. No, he didn't.
0: No, he did. Cause he he was out for a while.
1: Cause he popped hot for marijuana.
0: No, be- even before that. No. No, he was. What was. He had to have surgery the next, no, like the didn't. next week. He yes, he did. I'm telling you, he did. You. No, he, he was on uh, aerial show before it went over. He had to have surgery. Pull
1: it up. fucking serious right now this car alarm shit yeah I know you so yeah Lima Lima and MVP meet in the middle and they MVP does what he likes to do and he likes so to be. start in the, the whole team.
0: second round because I don't know when it clipped
1: in alright so the second round starts they kind of meet in the middle they kind of meet in the middle and MVP kind of pushes Lima back a little uh, gains a little bit of the forward ground, and then he does his usual really wide stance, hands low type of—I don't know what he's doing—being entertaining, I guess. And then,
0: well, like it looked like he was—he was trying to time it to where he was looking for Lima to come in. He was looking for Lima to throw,
1: and he's going to try to react. But Lima wasn't doing that at all. No, you could tell by the first round Lima was going to be very patient so, and look for an opening because the MVP has got. Holes everywhere. Way MVP has always been the guy to react. He's never been the one to, like,
0: go into it. And uh, the deal is when uh, Lima wasn't reacting like it was, he decided he was going to go in it. So he throws uh, what can possibly be, like, the sloppiest, longest re- or right straight is what it looked like. I, know. I think it was a right straight. And it was literally a John Wayne punch. He puts all his weight from the back leg to the front leg, and he's, he's like, overreaching with his right. And Lima just kicks the shit out of his legs.
1: Oh, he out does. Of, out of his lead leg. He, he brought back that Rory fight momentum, man, yeah. whenever he kicked his leg. He literally kicked it out from underneath him. There's not too many times you can see a fighter the, the get his part, leg blasted so hard he comes off the ground. The
0: interesting part is you can literally watch the downfall of MVP. <laughs> he gets yeah. his leg kicked out, And he falls, uh, basically to his knees. Right? It wasn't all the way on. on No, he falls flat. Was it flat? He
1: falls flat to the side. Yeah. Right. right, With his hand down and his hip, his hip touches. So, in his scurry to get his feet back underneath him and get up, he puts his chin up, and Lima unloads one of the nastiest, cleanest, perfect. This is the the most technical uppercut you will ever see, and it's just lights out. And that hype train just goes off the rails. MVP never had a chance. As soon as he touched him, he didn't need the follow-up punches, but he has to do it. You know, you have to pursue until the ref says stop. Those follow-ups, oh my god, they were so brutal. This, the ground and pound, but that oh, uppercut—he yeah, like
0: wasn't there at all. Like you can see it in his eyes. and That his face.
1: uppercut sent his head into orbit. Yeah, it was—it was almost as bad as Overeem and Ganu. It was close close yeah it was it was pretty bad because it sent his whole body momentum the other direction because well, he was coming up and then he just boom rocketed his head back with that uppercut yeah. and just he basically could have just done a walk off at that point well
0: it looked it looked like when, when he did connect everything shut off because he just collapsed you can see his arm collapse yep and at all, every moment all the momentum he had going up just stopped instantly yeah so it was on top of that when you watch the replay that they've been showing for a couple of days now uh, as soon as he connects you can see his eyes roll back you can see that there's nothing there like is is he's gone completely there's no one's home he's out and the interesting part about it is i think that's the first time in his career not only is he lost but he's got knocked out and i don't know if he, if it's happened in the gym before or if it's happened whatever going forward from this you got to wonder a guy who's been pushed like that in Bellator of being this great, magnificent striker, a guy that no one's been able to beat, a guy who I'm 100% sure has been talk- talked up by his friends and everybody else who knows him, manager, the promotions he's been with, as being the next Anderson Silva, the next style bender, whatever you want to call it. How is this going to affect him mentally going forward? Is this going to be uh, like a Mike Tyson effect where now everybody can beat him? You know, is this going to be like a, uh, a, uh, a, well, is, you know, is it, how is this going to affect him in just in general? Cause you gotta wonder if, if Lima can do it right.
1: Like it's the four minute mile. Soon as someone broke the four minute mile, everybody broke the four minute mile. I don't know, man, but I think we saw a blueprint on how to beat MVP in the long run with this Paul Daly fight. Cause Paul Daly can't wrestle. He yeah. has no wrestling acumen and he, put uh, MVP on the ground two or three times and held him there while not successful in the long run. He showed right there. And I thought, I really thought Lima was going to do that. And the first round looked like that's what he was going to do. He was going to put MVP on his back and grind him out because MVP has no wrestling acumen either. But for him to have such good stand-up and get popped so hard on the way up, and man, it's, that's, I really hope MVP is a very dynamic striker. I can't give I can't take anything away from the guy, that, but I really hope he adapts the way he's fighting right now because he's we got to look at his record like, dude, how many of these people were at cans that you fought? I
0: and how much of this
1: is being padded? A you just of them. F- yeah, well you just fought a former champ, somebody who a lot of people could argue that he is one of the best, if not the best welterweight in the world. Who? Douglas Lima. Oh, he's on, yeah. He's easily in the top 5. Yeah. In the current in the current MMA bracket anywhere there. he is up there. He is so good at what he does and you fought him and just got starched so bad. Like dude, you you're going to have to reevaluate if you can hang with these upper level guys cuz what happens if Dana gives you a call and he, you go and fight really good welterweights.
0: The interesting part is MVP, he he was obviously... He, you know, he was a really good kickboxer. That's how he made uh, a name for himself. He decides to go in MMA because there's a little bit more money in, into it. Not much, but there's a little bit more money. He can he can make a little bit of... He can make a little bit of a name for himself. And then, you know, he had a stint in boxing, which he's undefeated in boxing, but, I mean, the guy he fought, let's face it, wasn't the greatest boxer. It wasn't a Mayweather out there. Um, But... You know, he he's tends to go to the areas that he's good at, which is the reason why he stands up. Which is the reason why he doesn't want to go to the ground. And if he does go to the ground, he grabs your arms and tries to hold them. would <laughs> be a you good fight.
1: Battle those sleep victims?
0: But, you know, it, it's one of those things that, now that this has happened, right? Besides, you know, Paul Daly gave you the uh, the beginnings of a blueprint on how to beat MVP, right? Douglas Lima showed you a, a complete drawing on how to defeat MVP, right? So now you have these two things going up against him, especially towards the fact that he, you know, now that he's made a name for himself, he's going against high-caliber opponents, right? But prior to this, he really hadn't fought anybody that was notable, which is a true statement. You can't argue with that. He hasn't fought anybody noteworthy. And then now he puts in this tournament where it's like, oh, these are the best people in this weight division, in this promotion. You're going to have to step up. And he just didn't do that. He tried to do the same thing repeatedly, thinking this would happen. So, I mean, if he, say he ever gets the UFC, he is completely screwed. He's what, welterweight? Yeah. Say he goes in there, Tyron Willie's going to throw him around, right? (laughs) Uh, Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. Robert uh, Whitaker. He's going to throw him around. Anybody with a small wrestling ability, God forbid come or like Usman gets a hold of MVP, he is going to get thrown from one place to another. Right? Oh yeah. It's just it, it it is what it is, you know? Like anybody in the weight class, I imagine he might move up at one point. I don't think he he's going to be able to make the weight forever in one, in his weight class now. But he moves up in weight class, he's, he's fucked. He goes against a wrestler, he's fucked. It's, it's over. You know? He's, yeah. he's going to have to either go back to striking only, like m- just fighting people like Jake Shields, right? Or uh, no, who's the other guy I'm looking for? Is it Jake Shields? Yeah, Jake Shields. Uh, basically, just a striker. He's, he's more dynamic now. He could always go to bare knuckle boxing.
1: He could do that. I doubt <laughs> he'll do it, though. Yeah, I doubt that. But... What this, what this just showed us was that um, MVP is not unbeatable. Everybody seems to think he's unbeatable. He's not unbeatable. Um, Paul Daly kind of laid out the foundation. And Lima showed us that, yeah, Paul Daly was right in the first round. He showed he was right. Like, he has got no wrestling skills. So anybody else coming along be like, all right, let's just wrestle him. And then getting blasted like that and knocked out it's like hell yeah I mean this is the first time I've been watching fights for a while my brother can concur on this one I've never really jumped out of the chair yelling hell yeah and I knew it and I was like I was overly ecstatic that MVP lost because he has been he has been pushed so hard when his talent kind of lacks in my opinion just as a viewer And I don't know if it was the fact that maybe I'm kind of biased against that, but just seeing that I was right, (laughs) that was really reassuring. But after that, um, we had to watch the controversial, in our opinion, main event. So it was, that's not really controversial uh, from our point of view. Uh,
0: it seemed like a blatant early stoppage.
1: I don't know if it was a blatant early stoppage, but it definitely looked like I, I an underst- un- uneducated ref. Because I
0: understand why the ref may have thought like, from his angle. Or, I can see it. Like okay, he's he's probably out, but he also didn't give him any time to really recover. Like I get it. Chandler gets hit in the back of the head. He gets hit in like you know behind the ear, which is gonna daze anybody if he hit him hard enough. Yeah, he goes down and he covers up pitbull gets on top of him, starts raining down blows and it was like within like a half a second or so when the ref started to make his movement towards them to stop it as soon as the ref gets there which not even half a second later we're talking about maybe a full second of events he which as soon as he puts his hands on on the the fighters it's over right he's called it because by the time he gets there he's already waved him off it's over but chandler's right there and he's trying to hold on he's, he's trying to go for a single he's he, trying to He's trying to move. He's right?
1: completely coherent. You could see it, that he's completely coherent, at least in our eyes. And it looks like Chandler was trying to just weather a little bit of a storm and look for an opening to rotate yeah. or maneuver out of that. But the ref, in my opinion, stopped it a little early. I haven't looked up to see what other analysts are saying, but it looks, I really think that was stopped early. And Chandler like was very same as me, man. He was He was very upset by that ref. I would be, too, because not only did it cost you a belt, right? It cost you a title. Yeah, and it also made Pitbull the first double champ.
0: Yeah, it, it made him a champ. It, it, cost, it cost him a lot of money, essentially, a lot of uh, time taken away from Chandler. Because say, he, say that fight went on, we don't know what would have happened, right? We don't know what would have happened if he got back up. We don't know maybe he would pull out an amazing thing towards the end of the round. We don't know. We don't know who would be champs right now. We don't know the consequences of Chandler winning the other way. But it did cost him, you could argue, it did cost him time. Because, you know, it's the months training up to it. And essentially he's not getting paid what he could be getting. It cost him money. It cost him title. It cost him maybe years of off his career if he has to work his way back up. You know? I don't know if they're having a rematch right now. It's going to be hard to sell that rematch.
1: Yeah I believe that too I mean I want to say it's Controversial because It's I think Chandler I don't think he got robbed but I think He was definitely um, Stripped of an opportunity To defend himself Because we don't know Pitbull could have just closed it out if Given a little bit more time anyways But I really think uh, Michael Chandler was kind of stripped of an opportunity to pursue that. I don't know.
0: It's a possibility is what it is. We don't, we don't know what happened, but we know the ramifications of what did happen. And that's kind of sad. And it shows a little bit of inexperience on the refs part, but you can't fault the ref completely. So it sucks. You know, I'm, I'm a big Michael Chandler fan and I don't want to be all sore loser fanboy here, but it does. It does seem, from when we originally watched it, because I haven't watched the the replay yet. It does seem that it was a little too early, at least from our perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that was just a underexperienced ref getting a shot at the main event and botching it. But with all that being said, with all that tie up from the weekend, let's uh, give a little. What time? With all that, again, uh, we're at forty-five. But we have those huge gaps. Okay. All right. With all that happening at the UFC two thirty seven card and the Bellator two twenty one, let's oh, yeah. just kinda of gloss over the fight night real quick. Are we good? Yeah. Are we gonna go with like the news part of it? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And yeah, we got we got the Bellator and the UFC other way, right? Yeah. So with the UFC two thirty seven wrap up and the Bell and, and the Bellator two twenty one wrap up. Yeah. With Bellator and
0: UFC out of the way, we have a few things to look forward to. Mainly a cowboy fighting a mythical Mexican beast, Frankie Edgar with a Frankie. With that being said, no Frankie Edgar boarding the ballistic press. With that all being said, see how did I say the logo. With UFC and Bellator out of the, out of the way, we have a few things to look forward to. Cowboy gets to fight a mythical Mexican beast. Frankie Edgar was blessed with a title shot.
1: And I, I don't have a third one. Just do Frankie Edgar one. boards the Blessed Express. Do you wanna do that one? Yeah, he gets a ticket to board the Blessed Express. You
0: wanna have to say that one? That's a tongue twister. <laughs> Alright. Oh.
1: Say the first part. Your
0: I have to have a third one. What's the third one? And. uh, Oh, with Diaz and and Pettis. We gotta have one for Diaz and Pettis.
1: And Pettis Diaz looks to probably get rescheduled for Pettis. Mm -hmm. They get a new opponent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. I got that.
1: Anthony. No, and the Diaz. The
0: showtime for Anthony Pettis' next fight starts at 2.09.
1: 209 yeah Yeah. against the boy who cries wolf I don't know how to spell Pettis P-E-T-T-I-S P-E-T-T-I-S Alright you
0: think you can say that one? the whole thing yeah that way it's all in one
1: voice yeah and with all that said we have a few things to look forward to cowboy gets to fight a mystical Mexican beast (laughs) tongue twister With that said, we have a few things to look forward to on the horizon. Cowboy gets to fight a mystical Mexican beast. Frankie Edgar gets to bloor- Frankie Edgar gets a chance to board the Blessed Express. And the showtime for Pettis' next fight starts at 2.09. Let's do one more.
0: One more run through of it. That way it's a little smoother. In case I have to
1: And with that said, we have a few things to look forward to on the horizon. Cowboy gets to fight a mystical Mexican beast. Frankie Edgar gets a ticket to board the Blessed Express. And the showtime for Pettis next fight starts at 2.09. And which one of those fights are you looking forward to, Jacob? I'm personally looking forward to the mystical Mexican beast versus a cowboy.
0: El Cucuy does fight uh, Donald Cerrone. Uh, sh- I, th- all, I think most of those are the same card, aren't they?
1: God, I hope not. And <laughs> suffer so an aneurysm. No, no.
0: I think uh, sh- it's coming up soon. The cowboy fight should be sooner than
1: most of the other ones. But that's on 238. That 238. card just got stacked, yeah. son. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Two thirty-eight seems pretty great, but that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Um, that's the one I think it'd be great to watch because you got uh, Dad Cerrone versus the uh, comeback of El Kakui, which would be great. I am mean, looking forward to the Frankie Edgar title shot because finally he gets, uh, you know, one last shot. You know, it's one of those things you're like, all right, come on, Frankie, you, you got to do it this time or it's over.
1: Yeah, because even he knows, man. He, I think he's been saying it for a minute. He's going to try to go for one more title run, and that's it.
0: It's all he wants is that one one last go around. Um, and then you got the uh, Anthony Pettis Nate Diaz fight, which is going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to be good to see the return, especially at one seventy, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, both of them.
0: Uh, that means is the first time we see Pettis go up that high. No,
1: I think he fought at one seventy, but I think he was getting starched and he moved back down. No. Didn't he?
0: No. He was... Uh, he was... Was he lightweight champ? Uh, dude, I, I he, have no idea. I don't think he... I don't think he went up that high. I think he went up to 155, and then went down, and then went back up. I don't think he went up to 170. I'm not 100% on that. Don't quote me,
1: but... Yeah, he was lightweight. Yeah.
0: So... Out of all of them, I would say the Cerrone fight is probably the one I'm looking
1: forward to the most. Oh, this one's going to be a fucking welterweight.
0: Yeah, it's up there.
1: Good lord. He's definitely not going back down at featherweight. <laughs> yeah, me personally, I'm looking forward to all three of those fights, but the Cerrone and Ferguson one... I'm really aboard this whole Dad's Roni mystical beast thing right now. So he's on a whole different level since having a son. I don't know if that's like a driving factor for him or if he's just a lot more focused and realizing he needs to take it serious for a chain to stop fighting anybody anywhere, even though that's what it feels like he's still doing.
0: I think, doing. <laughs> I think it, it kind of burned him out for a little bit. And it was more like, oh, this is my job. And Rather than something he likes to do, after yeah. After he had the kid, it was like, now this is my legacy, you know? So I think it reignited a lot of it, I think that's what it is. But it's nice to see him fighting somebody as high caliber as... Uh, T. Ferg. Tony Ferguson, you know? A former champ in the weight division and, uh, you know, a tragedy. He didn't, never got that title shot for the actual belt. Uh, but this one really, I mean, you think about it, kind of decides... Who gets the next one after Poirier? Because Poirier, he fights whoever wins that one, right? B- no, Poirier Khabib. fights Khabib next. Yeah, whoever wins the Khabib-Poirier fight gets whoever wins the Ferguson and Cerrone fight, really. Unless yeah. Khabib wins, then they'll probably be
1: like, oh, it's an automatic rematch. Which I knows? don't think you're going to be doing any automatic rematches unless it's a very who close decision. Who knows? I just hope they don't do the Khabib fight in um, Russia.
0: He'll probably do it eventually. I hope they don't do it in Russia. UFC Moscow.
1: No. I really hope they don't. Just because um, the Russia events that they've had, I think they've had two now, um, while they weren't pay-per-views, the regular fight nights, oh, man, those books were cooked so much. Shit. Those books were well done. I don't know
0: what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, those books were well done. Mm-hmm. Jacob made a lot of money.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> X and A on the taxes, A.
1: Well, you didn't pay your taxes? <laughs> Hang on, let me turn the audio up.
0: <laughs> I was wondering if you turned it
1: up. I
0: was like, yeah, I didn't pay my fucking taxes. <laughs> Just turn the audio up.
1: I totally did, don't worry. But... Apparently, uh, Pettis has some bad blood with Diaz, so he's really looking forward to this fight. But then again, it's real. But then again, we gotta see if you know two oh nine actually shows up. He's cried wolf a few times about fighting somebody, and it never falls through. Now his last fight with Poirier, that that was Poirier's fault, and he did have an injury that kind of put him out of the game. But then again, was Diaz really into it? Because it looks like he's all he's trying to do is fight McGregor and walk out with the paycheck again.
0: I don't blame him for trying to get that money, man. Yeah, I don't either. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see him fight again. He's always a, you know, he's a fan favorite.
1: I don't know, man. I'm not looking forward to that fight as much as I am the other two. Yeah. It's understandable. However, the Edgar and Holloway oh. fight, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a banger. Yeah, it should be. That's going to be a good fight. At um, least in my opinion. It's going
0: to be a little interesting now to see how Frankie can, uh, Come back, you know. I think he won his last fight after uh, Ortega. I think he had a fight after there. Yeah, he did. But it's um, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how he's going to deal with the volume that Max throws, and it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how Max is going to deal with cutting that weight again because he put on a little bit of a weight to go to fight Dustin, obviously.
1: Yeah, but he's got plenty of time take that weight off if you wanted uh, to but i don't
0: know if it's more like muscle mass and or i don't know i don't know if he, he went up a weight and got a little bit of muscle mass on him and not a lot of fat or vice versa or how it worked out or what happened there but it's gonna be interesting to see him come back down and defend that belt and see if he's still the greatest
1: person to ever hold that belt With those on the horizon, we do have one coming up this weekend. Fight Night 152. It's kind of a, a blowaway card, this card and the next one, to be honest with you. Um, it's headlined by Kevin Lee and RDA. Uh, Nil Magni and Vincent Lu- Luco? Luque. I don't know how to say that. That's just a funny spelling. And Vincente Luque, maybe, yep. uh, is the co main. The only other fight that I would really want to watch on that is the Megan Anderson fight.
0: Who's the one after? Who, who's the what's the next pay per view?
1: The next pay per view is going to be UFC two thirty eight.
0: Is that the like the week after?
1: No, it's um that's the so June we have, what, like
0: two two fight nights.
1: Yeah, there's two fight nights. So the one after that one would be in June. Okay, what's the fight night after that? And so then- the second fight night would be one uh one fifty three fight night one fifty three is going to be Alexander Gustin and. Anthony Smith.
0: All right, so essentially
1: what you're saying is the next two fight nights
0: are uh, to keep you from going in withdrawals from here. Yeah, yeah there's DNA.
1: nothing huge on those two cards. I mean, yeah, that whole card looks like it's an overseas card, so it's not going to be a lot of people that we know. i are going to put it out. It's not a lot of people we know. It's definitely to promote um, overseas. So basically what you're saying is pay attention to the other
0: organization's over the next couple of weeks. Like yeah. one championship. Or Ryzen, if that's still going on. Maybe even Bellator. Ryzen's still going on. Ryzen's still going on? Yes, sir. <laughs> do, do they still give every uh, fighter a uh, juice cocktail?
1: Oh, I have no idea. Every what, day? I have no idea what Ryzen does. <laughs> is it? Do they have to go by the old Pry contracts where it says, <laughs> we will not test for steroids? However, June 8th, we have the UFC 238 card. Which is? That's going to be the fun one. That's uh, Henry Cejudo and Marlon Moraes. Are you kidding me right now? Pause it. Okay. The UFC 238 card, that's the uh, Henry Cejudo and Marlon Moraes card. That's also going to have the co-main event of Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I, which I really think Jessica I is way in over her head.
0: It's going to be interesting to see.
1: And that's the card with Tony Ferguson and Donald Cerrone.
0: I recently saw on uh, Marlon's Twitter page, he put on there that he re-signed with the UFC, right? Yeah, I saw that. Which I think is kind of a bad mood, you know? Like, wait till after your fight because there's a chance you can have that belt. And there's a chance that you can renegotiate with the belt, right? Makes a little bit more money. I don't see why not, unless he has a complete zero lack of faith in himself. I don't see why he would sign that. But, then again, you know, I'm not his manager. Maybe his manager told him to do
1: something. Or they put that up there. as like, hey, you have to sign to get that fight. Well, it goes by fights, as far as I know. Like, how many fights you have.
0: So... The UFC is going to constantly attempt to make you re-sign before your last fight. But there's ways to get around that. Like Roy McDonald, he went into his last fight for the title as a free option, as a free agent. So there, there's ways to do it. And I imagine...
1: Don't know enough about it to
0: get my comment on like, it. it. It would seem better to be like, oh yeah, I'm the title holder and I'm going into contract negotiations. You're going to pay me some money, homie.
1: Well, you don't know what's in that contract. It could also be like, hey, if I win this fight.
0: I get why, you know? But, like, I'm just saying, it seems seems to me like that would be the way to go, you know? Unless there's some legal jargon. We're at an hour. Oh, yeah, with the breaks.
1: Yeah, no, but still. And with all that, I've got nothing. I don't got anything? So I guess we're done with this podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh, quick question: Flintstone vitamins. How many of those do you take a day?
1: Do you take them singles?
0: I take them by the bottle.
1: I just do them like by a mouthful.
0: Yeah, that's what I do. And like I just open the bottle and just dump them in my hand, like a good handful.
1: Are you John Jones now? Uh. And with all that being said. I've got no news. I think we've covered everything that's come up as of today, and everything going on in the foreseeable future. Jacob, you got anything going ahead?
0: How many picograms are in a Flintstones vitamins?
1: You can follow us at Hooked JP or at Hooked Justin on Twitter. That's him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm at Hooked JP. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening.